Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Screen the Screener listeners out there. Mike Randall, Gus Kearns, back at you with the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. Mike, how are you this fine day? Gus, I am so good today. I got a beverage in front of me. Do you know I'm looking at 11-0 in fantasy football? I have 11 leagues, and I'm looking at 11-0. And I know our listeners appreciate it because I know Eric Fawcett did tweet me and ask for a tight end and you know who i gave him gus i gave him austin hooper and austin hooper today had an 88 yard touchdown reception so eric i know you're happy phil olsen all your other people that were asking for my help i'm hot i'm I'm rolling i'm hot but my friend that pales in comparison to the excitement i had for your top 32 countdown let me tell you can we go back did you say 11 teams a blind squirrel hashtag blind squirrel (laughs) so i know that's unbelievable it's it's a problem it's a problem i know and 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 you think i would do 11 brackets for march madness but i just you know i enjoy it so much that i can't this one i i try to to suffocate but your top 32 pale in comparison i mean folks was that an in-depth analysis or what tremendous job kicking it back to the way it was when we first started gus that was well done it was it was pretty fun to pull together. Uh, you know, you and I have worked really hard on trying to get some solid research for our listeners out there on all these teams. So it was it was it, it, like it was kind of a relief to spill it all out to everybody. I mean, your top twenty five uh, definitely kind of got everybody thinking in the right direction. And then putting the top thirty two together, and again, we went top thirty two because we want we want everybody to be thinking about who's who are those teams that are going to get to the weekend games that first weekend of the tournament. You know, all the excitement always comes with those Thursday, Friday games, and and you have everybody unbelievably distracted (laughs) during the day uh, at the noon games and the 3 o'clock games. But really, some of the most exciting moments come in that weekend game where you might have a 1-8 or 1-9 upset or something along those lines. So we just didn't want to stop at 25. We want to give everybody a top 32. And and Gus, how great was it? I took the 2017 March Madness results. That was sick. Put them on top of 2018. We got Nevada in the Elite Eight. We How got, great was that? We go, got, go Wolfpack. Your Wolfpack. We got Buzz Williams, which is so believable. Right? I mean, it could so happen. Absolutely. In the Final Four. And on top of that, Joe Lenardi's retweeting us. I mean, this has been a great week, hasn't it? <laughs> it's been really cool. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for carving out some time uh, for uh, the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. Uh, Mike and I, of course, love doing the research and then love spitting that research right back at you guys for you guys to consume in whatever way you see fit. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Mike, I-, I think we might need to get started with giving a kudos, a congratulations, a job well done, and he's still rolling 
to one of one of the thorns in your side in college basketball, Bill Self. Bill Self this weekend was one of the uh, uh, collegiate members of the uh, Naismith uh, Basketball Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony. Um, many of the speeches were unbelievably heartfelt. Uh, 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 Rick Lobo's speech was in- incredible. I caught a bit of uh, uh, T-Max. His was really unbelievable as well. But, Mike, do, do you feel like you need a moment here to make it right with Bill Self? I do. I've been very critical of Bill Self. I, I felt like he had not lived up to where his team should be. He constantly underperforms in the tournament. However, he does have a championship, right, Gus? Not only that, he has the following awards. He's been in the Final Four twice. He's won seven Big 12 tournaments. He's won 13 consecutive Big 12 regular season championships. I mean, you could argue that that is definitely one of or maybe the best conference in college basketball over that decade. He had a Big Ten tournament in 2003. He had two-time Big Ten regular season championships. This is all at Illinois. Back when he was at Tulsa, he won two WAC regular season championships. He's been the Mm -hmm. national NABC coach of the year, the Naismith coach of the year. Those were different years, by the way. Two-time college coach of the year, Henry Iba Award, Adolph Rupp Award, you name an award, he's got it. Overall record, Gus, 623 and 193. That's a 76% winning percentage. Wow. The guy deserves to be in there. His record at Kansas, Gus, 416 and 87, 82.7%. He told the story. He thanked everyone he should have thanked in his Hall of Fame speech, Gus. And he told the story. He got the call driving to work on Naismith Drive, that he had to pull the car over on Naismith Drive to take the call. Folks, Bill Self's a Hall of Famer, and I congratulate wow. him, although I may pick against him in the upcoming tournament when he makes it in. However, the, the, what we talk about, as much as we joke, it's sustained success. There are coaches, if you want to go back to college football, if any of you know college football out there, Tom Osborne mm-hmm. at Nebraska for years couldn't win the big one. He played Miami in a bowl game in which if he just kicked the extra point, they would have tied for the national title. He went for two and didn't get it. I give him so much credit. And then he ended up winning, I think, two national titles anyway. But those coaches, your Andy Reid, who's gotten stuff – and in college basketball, we're talking now Sean Miller. We were yep. talking about Dana Altman hadn't been able to get to a Final Four. Bill Self has done a great job. He won a title. He's gotten a two Final Fours. He will get back there again, but sustained success at Kansas. Case in point, Gus, if he wasn't there, how quickly would that program go downhill? And he followed Roy Williams, right? I mean, that's, that's all we have to say. Congratulations, Bill Self. Absolutely. Uh, kudos, Bill Self. Uh, Screen the Screener podcast, uh, college basketball podcast, loves hearing your name over and over again, especially in celebration. I think, of course, always one of the most telling moments uh, or, or telling uh, characteristics of a situation like this is the number of former players that just have this outpouring of emotion and, yep. and thanks and, and, and from, from them and legitimately heartfelt. And like people just couldn't get out of the woodwork fast enough to effuse their praise for Coach Self and the, the difference that he made in their lives, both as a professional uh, basketball player, but then also as, as an overall person and human being. So that part is always 
always kind of tells the, the, the real story of what type of person Coach Self is and what type of influence he has on his student-athletes. One of the most impressive games, Gus, that he came through and won was that game against Kentucky where they won in Kentucky. Self mm-hmm. did a triangle and two that game. Uh, it, it was re- that's when I said to you, you know, Bill, because you know when you have these players, guys, you know, like a Bayheim, you think they can't coach, right? right? Well, maybe they don't have to coach because the team's so talented. Sometimes it's just shut up and let them play. But that game, I remember that game, the triangle and two. He was shorthanded. They went into Kentucky and won. That's when he had he. he I just said I can't do this anymore. I cannot be the Bill Self contrarian. Bill Self, congratulations. Uh, I second the congratulations. Congratulations, Bill Self. And it's always uh, – you always like hearing great things about great people. So anytime there's one of these Hall of Fame ceremonies or uh, induction ceremonies, you always like hearing like the backstory and, and you know, maybe going into the memory banks a little bit of stuff that you might have forgotten about that particular player or that particular coach or that particular performer, you know, if it's a, a, a different type of Hall of Fame situation. Gus, Mike, what Gus, I- uh, Gus how long do you think this is going to last for me? Anyway, about two months before I get back on him again. <laughs> Wait, over under Thanksgiving. Good. <laughs> oh, I go under. Are you kidding me? I, th- I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna be. You know, saying I can't believe that he decided to do that. What is he doing? You didn't win in Kansas City against an Oregon team without Chris Boucher. Come on, Bill. Um, uh, uh, definitely the under then. <laughs> I mean, come on. All right, moving on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. That's going to be great. Uh, What what other uh, news and note tidbits do you have here for us, Mike? Uh, Just a couple things I want to throw out there that I think are are worth talking about. Marvin Bagley Jr., Gus, you want to take this one? He is cleared by the NCA, refreshed and replenished. Duke incoming. Man, we talked a little bit about uh, you talked about Duke on your top 25. Uh, I talked a little bit about Duke on the my top 32. The fact that this is a uh, this is a done deal now. It's not in flux anymore. Not that it was because of the way that he made his announcement on SportsCenter. He the first thing he said is that he's eligible for this upcoming season, and then he revealed what school he was going to. So it's almost like he got that news out of the way first. But now that the NCA has officially like you know uh, rubber stamped his uh, uh, his transcript to make sure that he's good for this upcoming season. It, all this does is solidify Duke as this changed philosophy program. If you think about it, they used to be like John Shire type guys, Matt Jones type guys. Yes, yes. Right now, Coach Shashevsky, in just the past, like this metamorphosis had just happened the past like three or four years. He's embraced this one and done uh uh, way of life in college basketball and so much so that he's had three top three NBA draft picks that have been freshmen the last three NBA drafts. So like talk about change in philosophy. You know, we, we, you, you brought up coach self and we've talked on prior podcasts about how coach self almost never took transfers in. And this year he took in a couple of transfers from Memphis. He took in a transfer from Arizona state. Uh, he took in a transfer from uh, uh, Mississippi state. So he's totally changed his game plan as well. So it, it, it kind of like we talked about with uh, coach Heathcote and, and coach Massimino, where you can all the uh, great coaches always show that they're great coaches by 
changing with the landscape and realizing I better change my game plan here. And that's exactly what Coach Krzyzewski's done here. He's totally changed his game plan. I and mean, he has these high top shelf players coming in year after year after year. And Bagley's another one. Add him to the list. He is, Gus. And this was my point. Listen, Mike Krzyzewski may be the greatest coach in the history of college basketball. So I wasn't throwing shade at him when I did not put them number one or number two. Yeah. But oh. I want I want to point out, Krzyzewski has not had a great run with all freshman dominated teams. Now, people are going to say, what about the 2015 team? That 2015 team, Gus, that beat Wisconsin for the national championship, you're going to remember Jilly Okafor. Right. right, freshman. You're going to remember Justice Winslow, freshman. Right. You're going to remember Tyus Jones. But how they got there was, first of all, Quinn Cook, who was the leading scorer on the team. Don't forget right. that. He was senior. Grayson Allen was a freshman, did nothing that year until that, that final game, right, Gus? Mm-hmm. Emil Jefferson was a junior. Yep. Matt Jones was a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Marshall Plumley was huge inside, who was a junior. He actually played a big role on that team. Yeah, Suley Miley played a little bit, right, and then was dismissed, I think. But he played Correct. Yeah, okay. They dismissed him midseason. The point was, I, you can't say that team was freshman dominated. So a lot is going to fall on Grayson Allen's shoulders. You talked about this in the preview. He's got to be a leader. If he matures, he can be. But, Gus, this is going to be a freshman dominated team. And quite frankly, gun to my head, Calipari's has a more of a proven track record winning with these teams. I'm sorry, it's true. Not to say that Coach K can't do it, but I don't think it's a slam dunk. I agree. I think the uncertainty is warranted, uh, especially with Coach K and this particular lineup. But the talent that he has can is undeniable. The 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 fact with with Trent, uh, uh, with uh, Duval coming in, like they sure. have they have players all over the place. All and place. That, yeah, throw uh, throw Bagley in that, and then bam. Uh, that, that team is going to be stacked. There's going to be talent all over the floor. And like you mentioned, uh, a lot of it's going to fall on Allen. If he can like be very selfless in this situation, this might be the perfect script for him too. Like maybe this is exactly what he needed as well. Like an opportunity to lead all of this talent that is perhaps a little bit immature, perhaps doesn't know the ropes, perhaps just doesn't know the way to win, and maybe he can help them. Maybe he can help them find their way. And Gus, isn't it funny? Calipari's got thirty-eight stars worth of recruits coming in. Thirty <laughs> stars. No one's right. talking about him. What are you talking, guys? This could be the best recruiting class he's ever had. I'm not even talking about Diallo, who's there, right? Like thirty-eight stars coming in. Gus, no one's talking about him. No one's talking about Duke. You don't think Cal's playing that? I bet right. he's on his little private plane there as he's flying out. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so that was one of the big, uh, big pieces of uh, news uh, that he officially uh, Bagley was officially uh, deemed eligible by the NCAA and will be playing at Duke this particular college basketball season. Uh, Mike, what else you got cooking over there? Just a couple weird things, Gus. Uh, Northwestern, how do you think they're going to do? We love Northwestern. They got everybody back, right? The only guy I think is Lumpkin who's not back. But right. they're, they're doing a major construction, which was approved in 2016. So Chris Collins' run couldn't have been any timed any better because I'm sure they're going to sell a lot of stuff in that new arena yeah. but uh welsh ryan arena where they normally play is doing a complete renovation gus so they will be playing their games this year the home games at the all-state arena in rosemont illinois which is where the chicago wolves of the american hockey league play and the chicago sky of the WNBA. just curious what are your thoughts on that i mean northwestern loaded i certainly think it's going to be an advantage once they get used to it but it's going to be a little different you think the uh, wildcat fans will travel i think they're going to travel here's what i think is going to happen i think it's going to be really unique because of their run, it's going to be like a very cause and effect type situation because of their magical run and, and, and talk about getting the monkey off your back or, 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 or correcting a curse. Right. So they make they, they, they not only do they make the tournament, but they actually win a game in the tournament and then, yep. you know, give Gonzaga all they could handle in that game. Right. 
And, and those... Gustin, I'm sorry, because I'm going to yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it really funny? Fisher Davis fouls, right, McIntosh. Right. McIntosh uh-huh. with the onions makes them both. But isn't it so true? Then they give Gonzaga all they can handle. Gonzaga up big. They close that lead. The goaltending call. Collins gets a tee. It's just so it shows you how beautiful and fragile is the tournament. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, you're totally right. And of course, like, as soon as you saw McIntosh get fouled on that, everybody, like at least I was thinking like, that's cash. There's no doubt he's not going to make those. Um, right. He, he, great player. So glad he's going to come back. I'm looking forward to watching him play. Uh, he, he is a he is a great Big Ten player. He is like a more talented Aaron Kraft. Um, he plays with the same type of guts, uh, the t- same type of passion, and he leads the exact same way. I really love him as a player. Um, but here's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be very cause and effect. Because, you know, it's like any other fan base, right? Because this fan base just experienced that massive success last season. Like, it's going to give the fan base that lives, you know, near Rosemont, Illinois, near that arena. It's going to give that fan base that would not have, like, the opportunity for every game if they live close to campus to go cheer on Northwestern. And I think it's going to be a little campy. I think it's going to be a lot of like t-shirt gun shooting. I think it's going to be a lot of frisbee throwing into the stands type situation. Oh yeah. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, you know what? So I feel like it's going to be maybe like a not not like a minor league situation, but I think it's going to be really unique and I can totally see the Northwestern student athlete like buying into this and saying like, "Yeah, this is my home this year and I'm really comfortable here." So I can totally see them adapting and really creating a unique uh, home field advantage uh, or home court advantage in this case, even though it's not their true home court. Um, and then when they, you know, when they get back in their new digs next year, I th- I'm sure Chris Collins will have some great players coming in. Um, but yeah, I can totally see this being um, some place where not anybody else has played. So like imagine just going to a different locker room that you've never seen before. The coaches don't know where to go, you know, meet the officials. Like so there's all this uncertainty on the opponent side, but Northwestern will, will be the only team that really knows where they're going in that arena, which I think is going to be a gigantic home and field advantage. Uh, last thing I got, and then we'll get to the uh, some big transfer news. Gus, you can take the lead on that. There's, yes, been, sir. there's been a lot of transfers in the Pac-12 this year. The yeah. people who have transferred in. So I'm just going to take you through them really quick and just give me your thoughts. This was an article from Fanside at BustingBrackets.com. Did a great job. Gus and I are taking notes on all the conferences, but I thought they did a good job here. I just want to read them to you really fast. Is this uh, is this Connor's work? Connor Hope's work? Uh, no, it's Caval- uh, Cavalero. Brad Cavalero. Okay, Brad Cavalero. Oh, yeah, love Brad. And folks, follow him at Brad Cav, C-A-V-2. I want to give him credit there. But really quick, just a couple thoughts. Justin Bibbins, who transferred from Long Beach State, was averaging 13.1 points per game and 4.6 assists per game as a junior. He has transferred, and he now should be starting at Utah. So we're talking about uh, Utah program. They lost Devin Daniels, JoJo Zamora, Lorenzo Bonham, all lost, and they're no longer with the program. So he's going to play alongside Cedric Bearfield. Gus, what do you think about Bibbins transferring to Utah in the Pac-12? I think Bibbins is going to fit in perfectly because they also lost uh, Kuzman, who's now with the Lakers. And Kuzman had, you know, a borderline all first team Pac-12 year last year uh, and was really impactful. And I think Bibbins is going to fit into that role perfectly. And I think the other coach, K is going to put him in the exact same position. And I think Bibbins is going to experience a lot of success because that offense kind of runs off of like that bigger swing player like Kuzman was. And I think there's no doubt that Bibbins is going to put up bigger numbers uh, than he did previously, and maybe numbers that are kind of similar to Kuzman, maybe the rebounding numbers just down a smidge. 
Interesting. Next one is Paul White. Paul White transferred from Georgetown, Gus. 6'9", power forward. He's going to Oregon. Oregon not resting on its laurels there with Dana Altman. Made the Final Four last year. They want to go further. No Boucher, no Jordan Bell in the front court. He was a top 50 recruit in high school. But at Georgetown, once Marcus Derrickson started to develop, he lost his starting spot and he wanted to transfer. So he's going to the new front court in Oregon. He should play a good amount of minutes. He was a decent shooter beforehand. He's a physical guy. He's going to have to play people like DeAndre Ayton, Eubanks, Dickerson, Welsh, all the guys there in the Pac-12. Not as high a guy on the radar here, but what do you think about him coming into Oregon and how is he going to support the Ducks as they follow up their Final Four trip? Well, it's pretty simple. Oregon had an unbelievable departure this this year. Like, I don't think if we're going to go through like all of the teams that you might have in your top twenty five or top thirty two or whatever you have, Oregon might be amongst the leaders of how what how much they've lost. Right. So they do bring in uh, they do bring in White. Uh, they bring in Elijah Brown you also just, from you, New Mexico. Well done. You just took my next one. Yes, Elijah Brown. Uh, so and they there. bring in uh, McIntosh as well. So. I, but the key, I, I, you know, when I talked about on my top 32, I, I said the key might be white because they did lose both Boucher and Bell. Like who is going to run, who's going to be clogging up the middle? Who are they going to get some paint touches from? And white is the guy. They have wing players. They have Pritchard that can run the point. They have the, the very talented freshman Brown coming in. Uh, and they ha- also have Elijah Brown, the New Mexico transfer who we just mentioned. So they do have players and playmakers out on the wing. But I think white might be the most important player because of his size and the position that he's going to play. And we know that in Altman-Sittman system, uh, that player is going to be a difference maker. And you saw the difference maker that Boucher and Bell were in that system. You nailed everything. I can even skip this one now because uh, Brown, you talked about him, 6'4 scoring guard from New Mexico. He was 20, really like him. Yeah. Yeah, 21.7 points per game as a sophomore and 18.8 as a junior. He wants to go to Oregon as a grad transfer. They got Peyton Pritchard. We talked about how much I love him last year. One of my minor crushes, not Mick Cronin level, but he's in the ballpark. And they got Troy Brown coming as a freshman. So you hit them both there. Oregon's going to reload, not rebuild. They're going to reload. The other uh, three left us. Let's talk about Marcus Lee. Now, Marcus Lee coming from Kentucky was really highly touted, was one of the top players, had a nice run for Kentucky there for a while when they made the Final Four, but mm-hmm. just didn't like the the minutes he was getting, and he wanted to get a bigger role for his senior season, so he did transfer. He's a top-known recruit coming in the Pac-12. He's going to be hopefully playing alongside Okoro for, for a lot of the year. Uh, so... I think with Lee, I think it's pretty simple. I don't know how good Cal's going to be. I, 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 if we're going to, you know, go ahead and project the Pac-12 like we might do in a little, uh, you know, a couple of podcasts down the road, I would put Cal in the bottom half of the Pac-12. But I think similar to Rab and similar to Brown the year previous, I think he's going to be able to put up numbers, and he is a really talented big. So there are there is going to be opportunity for him to put up big rebounding numbers, to put up big scoring numbers, because you never know where those touches are going to come from. But if you're if you're a, uh, if you're Cal, like why wouldn't you make sure that Lee gets a paint touch almost every possession down, just because of the uncertainty of their roster, and he's definitely the top talent on that roster. Hundred percent. I just want to point out though, and he's got to be careful because we saw him really shine when he was playing alongside Cat. And Dakari mm-hmm. Johnson, 
little bit different now. So he's going to have to do a little bit more. He can't be the weak side, you know, a dunk guy off the right. offensive rebound. You know, he's going to sure. have to show some skills. And I think that's the question. Does he have that? If he did, he probably would have stayed at Kentucky. But let's see how he performs. Second one is another Oregon guy. We talked about him a little bit. Is Mikhail McIntosh. No Brooks there. He's going to join them. You can see people want to go to Oregon. I mean, think about that, Gus. With the money that Oregon has, Phil Knight, the resources, their final four, they're very, very hot right now. So he's got a lot of people coming in there. Pritchard, Brown, McIntosh going to be an issue as well? Oh, I, I think so too. I think he's going to be a, the perfect wing player. I mean, we talked about how their starting five might look uh, with Brown, Pritchard, uh, Elijah Brown, um, uh, McIntosh, and then White. I mean, that that for real, that's one of the best starting fives in the Pac-12, no doubt. Um, but McIntosh did have success uh, at Illinois State. And if you remember, um, one of the things that Illinois uh, State did in the Valley was very similar to uh, Wichita, is they, they slowed down, they valid their possessions, took take great shots every possession. Um, and McIntosh was one of those guys who got all those shots. But the pace of play that they played there, I think, is much different than the pace of play that they'll play at Oregon. So I can actually see his numbers being really similar or maybe even an uptick from where he was last year with slightly higher shooting percentages. Absolutely. And the last one, which shocked me, I mentioned this in my preview. Let's not forget about Derek Thornton. Derek Thornton leaves. He leaves Duke. And in this article, in Cavalier's article, he basically said this is the number one top transfer in the conference. Reason being, Gus, USC is loaded. I don't know how Lenardi had him as a four. That's the only sort of beef I really have with him. He had him as a four seed. This team, Gus, very well could be in the top three by the time the season starts. They are completely loaded. Inside, outside, Jordan McLaughlin, Elijah Stewart, DeAnthony Melton's there. Chemezi Metu's inside. I mean, we can go on and on about this team, but Derek Thornton, who is a calming influence point guard type of guy, he was a highly ranked recruit at Duke. He played set, you know, about seven points per game. He's a six-two yeah. guard. He's a big guard. He didn't want to stay behind Grayson Allen, Brandon Frank Jackson. He will probably come off the bench in USC, which I think is really, really funny because he probably wanted to start. But this right. team is absolutely loaded. I think this is a tremendous signing for them. Andy Enfield, they are probably the Pac-12 preseason favorites for the conference. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be the preseason favorites. And one of the things that, uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you just gave out the whole rundown of like USC when we were, you know, I was trying to take notes on this for the, the, the top 32 podcast. I just kept writing down trojan names like like i i like there's eight guys that you could write down that that are going to be rotational players that are going to be impactful players and difference maker players it's it's nuts crazy um but i think i think what's going to happen at some point during the season and they won't do this for long stretches of time i don't think but i think it's going to be the stretches of time that they do play these two guys together are going to be one of the most uh, efficient uh, times that they have uh, offensively on the floor when if they can play both McLaughlin and uh, Thornton together so you'll have like two point guards out there and if I, I mentioned before if you throw like Melton out there as well then you have three like pretty much a ball handlers on the floor at the same time and and then you can throw any one of those other athletes that you just mentioned out there with Stewart or Boatwright um, even uh, O'Bannon the freshman out there with uh, with those guys and they're going to get open shots because Thornton, McLaughlin can penetrate. They'll take some contact, and they will be pass-first point guards 
to all the shooters and all the athletes that they have on there. So I, I love that. I hope that they play those two point guards together. And I, I think when you can play those two point guards together, um, I think that solves a lot of the problems that you might run into uh, with an, a team with an unfamiliar defense or an unfamiliar strategy like you do oftentimes in the tournament. You got it. And now, Gus, maybe the biggest news that we have to talk about here, let's bring it home with a little bit of grad transfer. What do you got, my friend? All right. So uh, last week, um, a, a lot of the hubbub or over the weekend were the NCA released uh, news that they were doing a study or, or looking into or trying to get feedback on whether, uh, you know, grad transfers can come in and play right away. Uh, but any transfer can come in and play right away and not have the sit year. OK, now. There are people on both sides of the fence here. Um, Mike and I, being former student, uh, Division One college student athletes, like have lived this, and we've seen you know our teammates sit a year when they've transferred and how seen. Much, Gus, how much did you love when they did the laundry for us? That was my favorite part. <laughs> I felt so bad. Lots of times I felt bad because like you know we talk like uh, strategy like for the weekend. And they would just be sitting there knowing they were not part of the game plan at all, <laughs> right? They're, you're just, they're just like – they're sitting in the locker room and they don't have a uniform yet because, you know, they're not eligible. Right. And, and, and their, their name is not on the chalkboard. And you're, and, right? And so I felt bad. They always got left out. Hey, Gus, I don't know about you. I used to throw all my laundry in there for them to do for me. You know, so like that's why like I would go out on a date and my shirt would be all wrinkled, right? Because I just put all the laundry in. It's really just yes. for your shorts. Yeah, I'm like, ah, it's free this. laundry, right? You know, yeah. you're going to put the stocking and the quarters in to try to rip the quarters out. I'm sorry. Digress. I'm sorry, Gus. I, I, I snuck a couple things in there too, for sure, for the laundry. Um, so, of course, there's people on both sides of the, of, of the spectrum here as far as this argument. Um, uh, one of the most knowledgeable, one of the most um, recognizable uh, college basketball personalities, Jay Billis, says, um, let them all play right away. Everybody should play right away, generally. Uh, and then you have Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News who says uh, it would be really detrimental and it would hurt the student athlete. So you have you know, two very knowledgeable uh, personalities and two very sharp, shrewd, uh, well-studied, uh, well-written, well-spoken people on both sides. And, um, I, I, I'm not exactly sure where I stand on this personally. Um, I think it's one of those things where, um, there's an answer and there's a really perfect answer, but I don't know if everybody, I don't know if anybody knows the perfect answer yet. So it's kind of like, uh, you, Mike, do you remember that book? Like the wrinkle in time, like when everybody had to read back in like, I don't know, maybe yes, six. Yeah, absolutely. And I just remember like one of the things um, that the characters talked about in A Wrinkle in Time was there's there's an explanation for everything, but you might not understand the explanation. And I just feel like the explanation's out there and the, 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 the solution is out there, but maybe we just haven't you know totally hit on it yet. So here's where I stand. Um, th th this is my two cents on it. I, I feel that if everybody can go everywhere right away, this is what I think. Not I'm going full. Uh, I'm going full catalog of sports here. Okay, I'm not just talking about basketball or football. Like, what if a what if a really great team that feels like they're two players away needs a midfielder and a striker, and then they go to one team and say, "Hey, we'd love for you to come here. We have an open scholarship, and that guy just happens to be a striker." And then they go to another team and then say, hey, we have a, uh, we'd love you to come here as a midfielder. I just feel like there'd be so much poaching. I feel like there'd be so much looting. I feel like there'd be so much uh, uncertainty and, and like dirtiness that doesn't need to be there. Like what if the tennis team needs a third singles player? 
and they go and recruit another school's or not recruit, but like say, hey, we have a scholarship open for another school's like number one singles player and they come in and play the third. Like it just seems like it would be like almost like what the Golden State Warriors are doing now. Right. It would just be like, OK, let's get Steph. Let's get KD. Let's get Draymond. Let's get Clay. And OK, let's just all play together. Now, is that bad? No. Is it right? I don't know. Is it? But as far as like student athletes, I'm not sure. So here's what here's what I think. Instead of like, you know, the, the midfielder changing schools and getting to play right away or the third tennis player, uh, the third singles tennis player coming to play right away. Or if, um, you know, the, the, the track team needed uh, uh, an intermediate hurdler to fill a spot like <laughs> and then you get the intermediate hurdler from another. How about this? How about how about you can go wherever you want, but you have to how about you just sit a semester, whatever the school does, uh, whether it's trimesters or two semesters. Sit one, and then you get to go again. Uh, you get to you get to compete the next uh, the next semester, not the whole year. So I'm going a little halfway here. Also, I think we can't ignore. What do you do with the Ivies? Like, what if somebody wants to poach a player from the Ivies? Because the Ivies, you know, don't give technically like athletic scholarships. All their scholarships are tied to academics. Like, what do you do then? I think that's going to be one of the crux of this. Because are you telling me that um, some of the players at Harvard couldn't play at a bigger program? Are you telling me um, uh, some of the players at Yale couldn't play at a bigger program? Are you telling me some of the Princeton players from this year couldn't play at a bigger program? Yeah, they probably could. But like, so how does that work? So I think that we got to pay attention. I think the Ivies might be one of like the, the, the um, you know, that's one of the things that messes up the spokes of the wheel. If you go ahead and say everybody can transfer right away. So I, 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 I think I think there still needs to be a grace period in between changing universities and competing. Um, and also, like, why rush things? Right. Like, imagine having a, a like a semester where you don't have to worry about competing and you still get to be a college uh, student and you get to make new friends and you get to figure out where you're going to live and, and, and you get to design your schedule. Like, don't you need a semester to kind of figure all that stuff out? And isn't that kind of fun to do? And isn't that why people go to college to do that? It, it, it's so that's where I'm at with it. Mike, what, 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 do, what do you think? Gus, did Mike Piazza do steroids? I don't know, but I don't think so. How's that? What's the first what's the first thing you just said to me? I don't know. Exactly. And this is my point. We can't judge intent anymore. I Gus, I agree with Billis on this one. Now, I don't think a player should mm-hmm. transfer in December and mm-hmm. be eligible in January. That's a little right? fishy to me. I, I, yeah. I agree. That's 100% fishy. But Gus, I don't want people sitting out a year anymore. I think it's stupid. I think it's ridiculous. You go to school. Enough with the NCA with these almighty like declarations. Gus, the freshmen that are going to Kentucky are not students. They are students for the first semester. Gus, do you think any of these – do you think Malik Monk went to class in the second half of the year in Kentucky? Because they don't have to attend class because those grades don't come through until May, right? So, Gus, please do not fool yourself into thinking De'Aaron Fox is in class in February. Now, listen, maybe a few of them are. I'm not saying all of them. But, right. Gus, I don't know if I go to class. If I knew – I don't know. Maybe you and I would have. Maybe we went to some of them. Are we going to astronomy class? I don't know if I'm going to astronomy class, man, because the professor I had was 89 years old, Okay. So <laughs> that's, that's a true story. I, I totally okay. remember he that. fell yes, out of the yes. bus once and survived. We can get into that some other time. I just, I think I'm done with the rules. I'm done with them punishing Isaiah Brock. 
I'm done with the argument. Nigel Hayes, one of the smartest, most in- intelligent, wonderful people we've ever had in, in college basketball since you and I have been following now for over 40 years. He was was being he's arguing they should be getting paid. I'm done with this. Allow them to transfer. Stop pretending like it's not a free market. It is. It is a free market. Derek Thornton left Duke because he wasn't playing. Well, that's not right. Malik Monk is not attending class, folks, in March. It is, it is not happening because Malik Monk is now getting paid. He should be getting paid by the Knicks, but we went through that with the GIF. We're not going to get to that again. I just think, Gus, I'm with you. I don't want to see anybody transfer midseason. That, that, that's a little right. too much. Okay, this isn't, yeah. this isn't like you know Wall Street. Okay, But, Gus, I have no problem if any player at any time in April leaves their school, they should absolutely be eligible in September. 100%. It's a non-issue. No one should be sitting out. We're punishing players sometimes that have to take days off to get... Jim O'Brien got in trouble in Ohio State because Costas Maglos went home, I believe, to see a family member who had passed away and go to their funeral and he threw him some dollars. Majerus did the same thing. I'm done with this. The whole thing is ridiculous. The Bo Jackson 30 for 30, I watched college football. He got on a plane to hang out with Tampa Bay who wanted to pick him first, and he was ruled ineligible. My point is there's too many rules. I don't want to hear any more. As long, Gus, as you finish the season, as long as you finish the season, I think you should be allowed to transfer anywhere you want without sitting out. I agree with you, though, not Majir. Uh, I And also, I think there's two other things that we need to pay attention to here. Uh, this is going to like wreak havoc on like people, uh, universities compliance numbers, uh, which are a big thing that have made a number of schools ineligible if they don't hit those compliance numbers. And I think another thing that will get tied into this is I think there has to be some sort of like baseline, uh, GPA, if not GPA, then like academic achievement, uh, tied to it at some, in some fashion. Cause I don't think you can say like I bombed at this school. So I'm just going to go hit the restart button at this school without any, like not penalty, but without any grace period to kind of get it straight. So I think there'll be a, I think there'll be some sort of caveat there uh, r- related to uh, academic achievement, whether you, it be GPA or another uh, sort of measure. Sure. And, and uh, again, you're always better with words than I am. My point with the whole steroid thing, just to tie in there, is Gus, we should let everybody in. Everybody should be let in. Pete Rose should be let in. I know he's got some something going on right now, but talk about the gambling issue, not what happened. Now, right. But th- you, they should all be put in. They should all be put in and just list what happened. Put Barry Bonds in. He hit those homers. He hit them. That's it. We don't know if Mickey Mantle was taking greenies or extra caffeine back in the 50s. Nobody knows. They should be in. They should be allowed to transfer. Let's stop saying what it is. The kids who want a, 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 a diploma, the kids who want a graduation diploma, Gus, will get a diploma. Okay? Um, Kyle Parry has that thing. They have an open invitation to come back to Kentucky whenever they want to be a student. Yep. That's what I'm talking about. Let's stop. Let's keep it 100. Keep it 100 on the grad transfer rule. Sounds like a title of a podcast to me. Keep it 100 <laughs> on the grad transfer rule. Allow them to transfer. I'm with you though, man. No mid-year. We're not, we're not poaching players. USC loses, met two. So they're, they're hanging out with Bagley's you know, mother. Okay. No, 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 we're not doing that. But Gus, I, I mean, am I wrong? I suppose a kid wants to transfer in April. What's the big deal for September? Why is that a problem? And honestly, I, I, we've caught people, Bruce Pearl, we, we've caught people doing some of this stuff. So just, just right. you know, let, let it happen. And yeah, then that would that would create a whole other, uh, not, not mess, but it would create a whole other uh, list of rules that you'd have to recreate and rewrite. And it just sounds like the NCA is really poor at, you know, writing rules and then like following the rules and then like granting special waivers. I, I hate the term special waiver like that. <laughs> Like, yeah, it just seems like it just seems like that if this is an avenue to go down, I think it's just going to get messier 
before we have a clear explanation and a clear reason. Well done. Well done, my friend. I'm with you. Uh, so, hey, just very quickly, uh, Screen the Screener College Basketball uh, listeners out there, uh, we just want to say a couple quick ahoys. We want to say ahoy out there at Guapo Infamous. Uh, cheers, Salancha. And we want to say uh, ahoy out there at Everybody's Sister. Thank you guys for tuning into the podcast and finding us. Uh, we totally appreciate all of our long-term committed listeners and all the new listeners that happen to stumble upon us. Uh, Mike, anything else that you want to tell the listeners out there about anything coming forward? Yeah, folks, we have a website that is up now, randallrant.com. Gus and I put this together. I got some fantasy football stuff up there. We're going to have a ton of stuff for Screen the Screener. There's a, there's a tab there, randallrant backslash screen the screener. You can take a look at it, folks. There'll be some great stuff. Once we start getting closer to October, you're going to have, what do you say before, Gus, one of the most comprehensive previews of the college basketball season you can find online anywhere. Is that fair to say? I think it's going to be fair. I think it's going to be one of the more comprehensive college basketball information uh, gathering places. You're going to be able to listen to us tell you like you've been doing you know, for the past entire year. We'll give you a couple of things to view. We'll give you a couple of things to read. We'll make sure that we have everything that's in our brain. We will spit it right back out to you guys for you guys to consume in whatever fashion you see fit, whether it be in print, whether it be video, or whether it be uh, in voice. And I mean, do, do you really doubt that, folks? I mean, Gus with the Seal Camp podcast? I mean, do we, do we even need to talk about that? But yeah, take a look. Follow us. Follow Twitter account at SDS Podcast. You can email the show, SDSPodcast at gmail.com. I am now at Randall Rant. That's my uh, Twitter handle for a shameless plug there. Gus, of course, C. Kearns 12. So we got a lot of stuff going on. Let us know about it. The website's going to be up and live, and we hope to have some more interaction with you. We are certainly growing, and things are very, very excited. Cannot wait for the college basketball season. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in again. We love carving out. I uh, love that you carve out some time for us each week. So uh, we'll catch up with you guys later on this week. And uh, thanks for checking out all the new avenues that you can uh, uh, consume. Screen the screener. Uh, so cheers, Salancho, Gatulazzi, everybody out there. Thank you, Gus. Keenan Allen goes two receptions for thirty-one yards. I'm eleven and zero. Oh. Come on, Keenan. <laughs> again, the eleven is the scary. Part. <laughs> we'll see you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.